are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Commonwealth Bank's Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name's Gareth Ed. I'm the Bank's Head of Australian Economics and thanks very much for listening to our podcast. Now look, the shoe's on the other foot today and rather than answer the questions, I'm going to host the podcast and I'm joined by a couple of members of the Australian Economics team. I've got Belinda Allen, Senior Economist, who I'm sure you all know as she's the regular host of the podcast and Stephen Wu, the newest member of the economics team who joined us from the Reserve Bank of Australia two months ago and is making his podcast debut today. Belinda, Steve, welcome. How are you both going? Hey, Gareth. It's nice to be on the other uh, seat for a change. Thanks for filling in the host chair and welcome, Steve. It's great to have you on today. Thanks, Belinda and Gareth. Uh, Pleasure to be here and can't wait for my podcast debut. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Well, look, Today we're going to talk about the Australian economy, how it's travelling at the state level, Um, because you both published a detailed report uh, this morning, which dissects a lot of economic data by state. And I think the results are fascinating because of the incredible variation we have across the country right now. So look, Stephen, I might kick off with you. Um, You know, COVID cases and the resultant lockdowns are at the heart of the disparate economic outcomes we have across the states at the moment. So perhaps before we get into the economic data, um, could you take us through a high-level snapshot of how the current lockdowns across the country uh, and also the vaccine rollout are proceeding uh, with respect to the pace of vaccination across the states? Yeah, certainly. So as you've said, it's incredibly important that we monitor these developments, um, both in the lockdowns itself, as well as the pace of the vaccine rollout across the states and territories. So in terms of the lockdowns, currently New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT are under lockdown. But just yesterday, there was an announcement from from both the Victoria and the New South Wales government that lockdowns in regional Victoria and parts of regional New South Wales will be lifted. So in regional Victoria, restrictions were eased from today and parts of regional New South Wales will follow tomorrow. So these easings of restrictions take the share of Australians under lockdown from 60% to about 49%. But that still leaves more than 86% of New South Wales and 75% of Victoria still under stay-at-home orders. Turning to the uh, vaccine rollout, we are seeing a bit of disparity across the states. Uh, We see Tasmania and the ACT leading the way. They're just under 50% of the 16-plus population fully vaccinated. In terms of the first doses administered, New South Wales is leading the way at just over 75%. We can make some estimates as to when we should expect to reach the 70 and the 80% fully vaccinated threshold. And that's really important because that's when we should see a durable reopening occur and when we won't need strict and lengthy lockdowns anymore. So we can either take the most recent pace of the second doses administered and extrapolate or we can take the first doses rate and then add on a lag to account for the time between the first and second doses. At the current pace, we sort of expect New South Wales and the ACT to hit that 80% fully vaxxed threshold by around late October. Victoria and Tasmania will follow a couple of weeks later in November, and the other states will take probably until December. One risk, though, is that um, as vaccine rates 
rise, there is a chance that the pace of the rollout slows down. And we've seen that happen in other countries and also currently in South Wales in terms of the first doses administered. Well, look, obviously the overall message there is that um, you know, different states are going to hit those vaccination thresholds at different times. But I think you know, crucially for New South Wales, which is the state which has the most cases at the moment, uh, they'll hit that vaccination threshold first and that will be obviously the state that then exits lockdown uh, the earliest. Now, of course, these lockdowns are having a big impact on spending. And uh, the beauty of working at Commonwealth Bank is that we get uh, access to our in- internal data on, on the spending front, which is almost uh, giving us a, a real-time pulse of what's happening uh, on the spending front. Um, Stephen, what would you say, based on our internal data, are the key themes that you've noticed over the car- past couple of months uh, in terms of how those lockdowns are impacting on spending across the states? Yeah, look, as you say, it's incredibly useful having this really timely data. As a bit of context, so we would publish our, our report on card spending every fortnight on the Tuesday morning, and that report has data up to the Friday just before that. So that means, you know, we can see sort of uh, three days after the fact consumer spending that happened in the previous week. So that's, you know, really timely and useful. And what we've seen over the past couple of months is that there's been a very large hit to spending from the lockdown restrictions. If we compare the current spending levels, um, that's to the week ending the 3rd of September, to the uh, levels of spending just prior to the um, lockdowns um, in New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT, that's down between 10 to 15%. And that's a very large fall, and it's also been unsurprisingly concentrated in the sectors that are most heavily affected by lockdowns. So that's things like eating and drinking out, general retail, personal care, so things like haircuts, and also transport. There has also been a sharp rise in online spending too, but that hasn't been enough to fully offset the drop in in-store spending. Encouragingly, we're not yet seeing any signs of spillovers to the other states that are not locked down. So spending in these states like Western Australia, South Australia, and Tasmania has held up, notwithstanding some snap lockdowns. That's really good to see. Next, we'll be keeping a really close eye on the uh, speed and the extent to which spending bounces back once lockdown restrictions are eased. We have seen in the past that spending does bounce back sharply when consumers are allowed to go out and spend money. But we need to remember as well that in the past, restrictions being eased also meant zero COVID in the community. That won't be the case this time around in New South Wales and in Victoria. And so we expect the reopening to be a little bit bumpy and we'll look to the data to confirm that. Yeah, look, I think that's a good point that you make. I mean, when, when we come out of lockdowns here, things are going to look quite different. And, um, you know, the extent to which spending rebounds will obviously be heavily impacted on what restrictions we still have. And also just how uh, concerned or not households are about getting COVID. And I think um, you know, internal data there is going to be really important in being able to pick up very early on uh, what kind of a bounce we're getting in spending as restrictions are eased. Now, look, one area I'd say where it, it doesn't seem like the, um, the COVID issue and the lockdowns are having an impact is around the housing market. Um, I mean, certainly you'd be hard-pressed to find any impact of the lockdowns in the prices data. Um, Steve, how would you describe momentum in the, the housing market um, tracking broadly at the state level from both a, a prices and a, and a lending perspective? And can you see any evidence uh, in, the, in the data that these lockdowns are having an impact on any aspect of the housing market? That's a, a good question, Gareth. Um, so yeah, look, the housing market has been incredibly resilient and housing prices have really been in a tear since the start of the year. 
that's not entirely surprising. The RBA's blue explanatory policy settings with the very low interest rates have certainly helped, as has the government's COVID packages that have helped support housing. And that's namely been the home builder scheme. So I'd say that monetary and fiscal policy have been quite important in holding up the housing market over the course of this pandemic. In terms of the lockdowns itself, I'd say that, you know, I mean, some of the um, the earlier shutdowns in construction in Greater Sydney would have had some impact. And also we've seen some signs of softening turnover, particularly in the areas affected by lockdowns, but they should just be temporary. Perhaps the more permanent effects of the lockdowns and the shift to this work from home arrangement has been in people's preferences for housing. And so we've seen detached house prices before outperforming units. And we've also seen as well housing prices in regional areas outperform the capital cities. By states, um, prices are actually up in you know, quite a big way since the start of the pandemic. Tasmania is up 27%. And you know, even in Victoria, with the slowest pace of housing price growth, it's still up 9%. Those disparities can sort of reflect some differences in population movement. In particular, Victoria is facing a population headwind. It's being weighed down by net overseas and also net interstate migration. On the lending side, we're seeing the towing of new lending for housing at a quite a high level. But we have seen a sharp fall in lending to first home buyers. Now, that might be reflecting the fact that prices might have gotten to the point where they are above the price point that first home buyers are looking at. One disparity as well between states has been the strength of uh, owner-occupier lending. So that's been quite strong in New South Wales and has even increased through this lockdown period. However, in other states, that has now turned lower. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I think you make a good point there about the um, the shift to to towards investors and away from first home buyers. I think that's something that uh, the regulator will be keeping a, a pretty close eye on. Now, look, Belinda, I, I might uh, I might bring you in here and and um, to talk about the labour market specifically. I mean, we've seen that these lockdowns um, have a big impact uh, on the jobs market. We saw that last year nationally, and then you know, as Victoria stayed in lockdown, it took obviously a lot longer for their labour market to heal. Um, can you just give us a flavour of what we're seeing so far in the data that relates to the labour market? Uh, we've obviously had out the, the payrolls uh, this week, but we get the all-important um, monthly uh, August employment report next week. So what are you seeing so far at the state level and, and what do you think we've got in store over the next couple of months when those official uh, ABS monthly employment reports drop? Yeah, so we will see an impact definitely in that August survey uh, that we get out next week. So we do expect at the moment that most of the fall in employment will be concentrated in New South Wales. We are now in the 11th week of lockdown. So we didn't see a large impact in July just because of the survey period was in the first two weeks and how the Australian Bureau of Statistics counts you if you are unemployed. It uh, wouldn't have come to fruition in July. So we are expecting quite a large fall of around 300,000 jobs uh, for August and most of that to be concentrated in New South Wales and we already have seen some signs of that through some of that partial data that you mentioned so particularly that payrolls data so that measures the number of jobs not the number of people employed Uh, so already that payrolls data which goes up until mid-August we have seen close to a nine percent fall in the number of jobs since lockdown started in mid-June so certainly at the moment most of it concentrated in New South Wales But given Victoria has been in lockdown again, the sixth lockdown since early August, we would expect them to see some 
large falls in employment uh, over coming months as well. So maybe of, of around 250,000 job losses in total over their lockdown period. So a total fall in employment of 550,000, which is a very large number. And we should see a lift in unemployment as a result. So nationally, we do expect the unemployment rate to lift from its current very low levels of 4.6%, uh, which was recorded in July. It's not going to stay there uh, for very long, obviously. But we do expect the unemployment rate to lift in coming months to 5.6%. We will see New South Wales and Victoria uh, spike probably a little bit higher uh, than that. But one thing that should help cushion the lift is generally during lockdowns, we see people leave the labour force. So we see a fall in the participation rate. So the number of people either employed or actively looking for work. Uh, But we will also continue to see a big fall in hours worked as well. So we know that's going to happen. So we know people are going Mm. to lose their jobs. Unfortunately, it's just part of lockdown. What we also care about, I guess, is how income levels are supported. So we're watching very closely the amount of income flowing through into CBA bank accounts so we can see whether or not that's through wages and salaries or whether or not it's through government benefit payments. And one of the things that we have noticed over the past month or so is we've seen a huge spike higher in government benefit payments flowing through and that's mainly in the form of those COVID support payments. So that's, I guess, a new form of JobKeeper. So incomes are holding up, which is positive. But it's really, for me, about how quickly does employment recover? We were saying just before that we're going to have to get used to living with COVID, particularly on the East Coast here. So how quickly does employment return? How quickly are restrictions ease? And how quickly are people going to feel confident coming back into the labour market? And I think that's where forecasting over the next few months and even through that adjustment period is certainly a little bit harder at the moment. Yeah, look, that's exactly right. And there's, there's lots of uncertainty. There's no question that the next couple of months are going to make for some pretty grim reading when we get those labour market mm. reports. And you, you mentioned JobKeeper, and it's probably worth just adding too that um, because we don't have JobKeeper this time around, uh, anyone who's currently not working mm. and on those disaster payments, they, they won't actually be con- considered employed. So I think um, I think that you know there's a real risk that these numbers turn out to be you know, quite bleak indeed um, because we don't have that job keeper mechanism which which in a lot of ways it's semantics but it did keep people uh, notionally employed uh, through those lockdowns last year now of course um, you know it's not all bad news there's some good news in there and that's that these lockdowns won't go on forever um, obviously you know, New South Wales is going to come out of the lockdown first and then Victoria um, should follow shortly open and uh, shortly after that. And obviously, as we get a reopening, people get back into work and activity will pick up. Um, Belinda, can I just get your flavour then on, on the state outcomes? You know, what what we're thinking that we might see um, as we exit the, these lockdowns and, and what that means for our forecast around state final demand. Yeah, so, I mean, at the moment, New South Wales has released their roadmap. So there will be some easing of restrictions when the population gets 70% double dose for those 16 years and older. So at the moment, they're saying that could be around the 18th of October. But then, as you noted before, this will be an adjustment period for New South Wales and Victoria as well. So while we expect a very large fall in state final demand in the September quarter, so we've got New South Wales down 9%, Victoria down 6%, the recovery in the fourth quarter 
will be a bit slower than what we saw during the recovery from lockdown last year. And I think that is really because these two economies will be going through an adjustment phase. There'll be restrictions in place for longer. And as we were noting earlier in the podcast, so this will be the first time that we're actually going to be living with COVID. So how that changes consumer behaviour, how that changes business behaviour is really yet to be seen. So we have more of a muted lift in state final demand in the December quarter we've got New South Wales recovering by 6% Victoria recovering by 3% but there is still some uncertainty out there just about how swift restrictions are eased Uh, they say there'll be restrictions eased again when that population being vaccinated reaches 80% Uh, and then of course the other states at some point will have to reopen their borders They'll have to get used to living with COVID as well. So it is just generally a little bit more uncertain as we learn to live with COVID. But by the time we get to kind of the second half of 2022 and then into 2023, we'll be back to more of a normal setting. So we'll start to see some of those divergences we're seeing in the States uh, this year and next start to remove itself. And the Australian economy, but you know, should continue to look a lot more normal And we'll start to see some of those tailwinds from accumulated household savings, you know, a a strong labour market, which we saw prior to lockdowns, really start to help and benefit the Australian economic recovery. Yeah, look, I I think we can all look forward to that. It's probably (laughs) worth just noting too that there's lots of uncertainty, not just with the states that have have got COVID at the moment, but those states that are COVID COVID zero, because as as we've seen, you know, Delta spreads very quickly and um, you know, if Queensland, for example, was to find themselves in the same place as New South Wales and Victoria, then uh, then we'd be back to the drawing board and having another look at our, our forecast yeah. just based on how, how quickly the, the picture can change. But look, um, Belinda, Steve, thanks very much for, for joining uh, joining me as the host <laughs> today for, for a discussion on the state outcomes. Um, you can uh, find the report that Belinda and Steve have put out on the ComBank Research website, which is ComBankResearch.com. Um, there's plenty of charts in there for all the, the chart enthusiasts, so I'd encourage you to have a look at that. And just a little bit of housekeeping, where CBA data is referred to, this means the proprietary data of the bank. As the t- statistics take into account only the bank's data, it may not reflect all trends in the market. All customer data used or represented is anonymised and aggregated before analysis and is used and disclosed in accordance with the bank's privacy policy. 